Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us each week as we go Beyond Our Service. All right, welcome to the podcast, guys. We're uh, glad you stuck it out with us and came back to listen to some more. Uh, it's Sunday, January 17th. This is Adam, and as always, I'm here with Steve-O. What's up, what's man? Up? What's up? What's up? Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, you too, man. All so, right, so we're trying some things a little bit different today. We got the FaceTime on right now, which may jack everything up, uh, so we can actually see each other a little bit. And... Um, we are episode two. We got how many how many people listen to it? More than zero, which is kind of what I thought. Yeah, fifty eight more than I thought would. So wow. thank you to anyone who listened. Thanks to anyone who gave us feedback. Uh, most of you are far too polite with that feedback, except for Steve-O's wife. She's just brutally honest with us. Yeah. It makes us feel pretty bad about ourselves, but that's what we need. So Keep it yeah, coming. I know. I told her about what you said with your wife and uh, how like she was nice, and you were like, "Well, what else is she going to say?" And I was like, "I don't know." Renee was pretty, pretty honest <laughs> with me, and I told Renee that, and she's like, "Yeah, well, we've been married a lot longer than they have." I was like, mm, "That's fair. true. Good point." Yeah, reminder to anyone: uh, if you go over to our website www.beyondourservice.com, you can go to the contact us um, tab. And send us any feedback you have, any negative comments, any you know ill wishes, whatever. We'll uh, we'll read it all and appreciate it. So feel free to do that. That also has our links to the episodes themselves, and we are on. I had a lot of people ask me for on Spotify or if it's only Spotify or whatever. Uh, we're actually on pretty much everything now: um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. A uh, bunch of different ones. So should be easy to find now, now that everything's kind of, now that we got the first one out there. Yeah. So uh, let's, uh, I want to start in with sports a little bit uh, because it was an awesome week. Uh, when we ended off last week, uh, we were going into the national championship game, which was amazing because Ohio State Woo! got rocked. Um, oh, Todd. They kept it like marginally close. I was like, oh, this is going to be back and forth and high scoring. And then they just started dominating, which was awesome. That was uh, Nick Saban in 14 years with Alabama is 165 and 23 with six national championships with Alabama alone. That is stupid. Insane. The dude is, I mean, I don't know. Like he, people say he's the Bill Belichick of, college football which yes definitely but i don't think he's better than bill belichick man because when you don't have a salary cap like i get it recruiting is hard but once you establish yourself as like the powerhouse everyone kind of wants to go there they always i mean they get and kudos to them they get five-star recruits out the ass but bill belichick like they never pay guys they get rid of guys as soon as they've like played up to a certain status and they just like would draft and plug people in a bunch of nobodies and win. And obviously Tom Brady was a big part of it, but I think that's like apples to oranges. I don't even think you can really compare NFL to college coaches as far as like, who's the better coach. No, no, I I definitely, I think 
I think uh, Nick Saban is the Belichick of college football. Like, I don't think that there, there isn't a comparison in my mind. It's like you said, I agree. It's totally different in pros, but it's also, you know, you don't know what it could build Belichick do that with in Alabama. Could they switch spots? And I, I don't know for sure. I, I think he might have a better, maybe not recruiting, but then when it comes to actually give him the team, but I think I don't know. I think it's it's incredible either way. I don't want to take away from. I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick's a freaking machine too. So, but man, they, Saban is just awesome. You know, I remember when he went to Alabama when he got there. I was getting made fun of all the time because I grew up an Alabama fan. I lived in the state of Alabama that's where I was born. I was there for nine years. So that's nine straight years of being brainwashed to love Alabama. So, man, it's been it's been quite a ride, dude. It's just insane. Yeah, he's. I thought, I thought he sold himself short in the NFL, and I thought he was actually doing a decent job at Miami. I think they were like seven and nine that last year, but I mean, he didn't have like an incredible roster, and so I was surprised he jumped ship that quickly. But maybe yeah. it's just something—the different relationship, the fact that you know you're talking to grown professionals who probably give you a lot more pushback in the pros than a college kid who you're like, I'll sit you and you'll never play if you don't do what I tell you to do. So I don't know. I thought, I thought he could have had a better run in the pros if he just stuck with it a little more, but uh, clearly he made the right choice. Yeah. I kind of think that if he would have stayed in it or if he got into it later when he wasn't as young, I think he would have done better in the pros because I think He's, I mean, he's still like an angry dude and he looks like he wants to kill the world. But he, when you look at like, listen, to, compare his interviews, even like his sideline stuff or post, post game, whatever. He's definitely not as <clears throat> angry at the world now. Dude, he was such a douche to this one sideline reporter when they had like some contra, like the quarterback controversy of like, are you going to play? Was it Hurts and Tua or like I don't remember what it was, but he was such a d bag. I was like, this lady's just trying to do her job, and he just like went, "I know what you're trying to do. You're not going to make me choose. Ugh, I'm not going to." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, dude, relax." <laughs> yeah, I think he learned how to like enjoy it a little bit more, uh, like the wins and and stuff. I, he definitely seems a little more laid back now. Is I mean, that's compared to it's Saban, so it's not like not human laid back. It's him laid back. Do you think he ever actually goes to a recruit's house anymore? I mean, like, I, I would imagine oh, I would, a yeah. young a young Nick Saban was probably like all over the place, but like now, where they probably have more four and five star recruits, like th- more than they have scholarships to give out. Do you think he's still doing house calls? Yeah, I think if it's if it's because like um, like a quarterback that they really want or a running back, or there's still like those like three or four dudes a year. That if he really feels like uh, hearing the sound, the story of him trying to get uh, Bosa to come play and not go to Ohio State when he was like in high school. I never heard about I mean, that. He, he recruited him pretty hard. Yeah, they had a camp. They had like a high school camp and they saw Joey Bosa in the camp. And um, he immediately then, then sat him down in his office with uh, just him and Nick. And we're like, apparently Nick was like, you need to come here when you are a senior like this is the place for you and he ended up going to Ohio State but his brother I think guys was like there. that his brother was at Ohio State before yeah so that's a tough one to pull him away from that yeah I think I think for those dudes that's where Saban's probably gonna show up at the house 
But no, I doubt I doubt it's near as much as it used to be. Yeah, who knows? That'd be a thrill though to have that dude come like personally dude, court so you crazy. at your house. And you you wrote down a note on here once um <laughs> his record is the fourteenth year is 165 and 23. Yeah. That's that's just insane. Averaging less than two losses a year for 14 years. And when, I think when he took over, didn't he take over like after Mike Shula maybe was the head coach? Like they were not great. Yeah, it was right after Mike. They were yep. like middle, lower middle of the pack of the SEC. And they just instantly. Do you instantly, know what Mike Shula's record was? It probably wasn't terrible. Was it 500? No. Oh, way, no. Way worse? It, it way was, worse? Oh, way worse. It was – uh well, I don't know the actual number, so forgive me, but I think it was like uh, 12 and 26. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like his last season, I think, was like their best one. And he, they those went are like, like straight they Vanderbilt. Were like five and eight or some crap. Yeah, oh, man, it was bad. It was Those were dark years for, for us. And I have a buddy who actually cheer. He cheered on that team. He was a cheerleader for Alabama. And his senior year was Mike Shula's last year. He's like, why? He missed why the glory. Why could I not have shifted over a little bit? It's pretty funny. Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, – did you watch any NFL this weekend? Not one second of it, actually. Wow. Um, dude, I can't – I know, I, I can't get behind – I've never been a big NFL fan, and then this year especially, I don't know, even college, I just have not been that into it this year. But – Man, I'm I'm always so busy on the weekdays with work and everything else. So if if my my weekends are really hard to pull away from like the kids. I don't, you know, yeah. We're if if they want to go hiking today, they want to do this, they want to do that, like I'm not going to be like, "No, sorry, I'm going to watch a team that I don't care about anyway. I'm not going to follow." I mean, I like the Bills. I want the Bills to win, but it's just not they're too young. They're too young. They don't want to sit down and do that. They want to run around in circles. So that's what we do. I get that. Yeah. Well, then that's why I watched them all. Um, good today. Uh, yeah, the bills won. That game was amazing. I was FaceTiming with my wife during the whole thing and we were, we were just going crazy and I made a bet with my buddy. I, this was like a couple weeks ago, which he promptly reminded me of instantly. First thing this morning is that I was like, if the bills make it to the AFC title game, I was like, I'll send you a video of me jumping through a flaming table bills mafia style. And so I, I have to do it now. So oh, of course you do. So yes. I got to uh, buy a table and figure out how, you know, to light it on fire and not light myself on fire. And then uh, video, have the girls video me breaking my back. And it'll be fun. I'll put it on the Instagram, our Instagram Yeah, you should page. put it on the Instagram. That sounds great. I will. Because I I kind of hope you break your back and burn your clothes a little bit. Well, hey, man, I'm, a, I'm on full dependent status right now with TRICARE for the year since the wife's deployed. So if there's ever a time to break your back, it's while you're on TRICARE, son. Yes, yeah. And I hope that the when you go through the burning table, it burns that stuff off your face that you think looks like a beard. That looks terrible. My wife's gone. There's no more grooming standards. I have no one to impress. This That's is just true. sheer this is sheer laziness. Good. If I I'm not even gonna take my hat off right now because you would you'd probably throw up. It can't be any worse than your face. Oh, God. <laughs> the hell is that? Bro, it's the early stages of slicking it back. I've got to get it into like this wicked mullet. But, you know, there's just those in-between ugly stages. 
it's, it's a little greasy. It's not quite long enough to go slick back all the way. Ah, yeah. I'll be wearing lots of hats through these next six months. But anyways, yeah, the Bills yeah, won. The they knocked uh, Lamar Jackson out of the game. The Bills fans actually started donating to Lamar Jackson's favorite charity because he got injured. Like he got a concussion and knocked out during the games. So that's some class right there in victory. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there was a bunch of a, a Bills fans started it, and then a bunch of the guys were, or a bunch of other people were donating. But uh, yeah, he, dude, he threw a pick six when they were in the red zone. They won. The Bills won seventeen to three, and like that was basically the turning point. Their kicker hit the um, the post twice, but then they went down there and they were looking like they were going to score, and he threw a pick six in the end zone, one hundred and one yard, and it was like. That was it. You could just tell. And then he got knocked out of the game. And it was uh what quarter was that? When he got he was like in the third quarter, I think, when he got knocked out. Maybe a little later in the third quarter, almost the fourth. And then some kid Huntley came in and they just he had no shot. But and then Aaron Rodgers just like the Rams were close for like a quarter because their defense is stacked, but Aaron Rodgers is so good. So it's gonna be uh yeah, I don't see the Packers losing next week, no matter who they're playing. And Patrick Mahomes got knocked out with a concussion. Yeah, I saw that. I saw some people talking about that. I didn't see the, the concussion. So what what was it? Did you see it? Yes. It didn't look like he hit his head that hard. But when he got up, his legs were just jello. Like he was like, <laughs> dude, he was cross-eyed. He had like he was bow-legged. Like that thing was just it was it was bad, but yeah, that, and the Browns almost of, won. I thought they were going to win. I was getting very mad actually because I had a bet that I needed the Chiefs to win in order yeah. to, in order to take hit my parlay. And uh, I was like, "You got to be freaking kidding me! The Browns are going to win this right now," but they didn't because Andy Reid has the biggest stones of any coach in the NFL. It's insane. With his backup in, he on fourth and one. Even Tony Romo's like, no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna snap this, and he just snaps it, and then steps back and throws a pass on fourth and one to Tariq Lord. and ends the game. It was, yeah, it was pretty uh, crazy. Tyreek Hill, what could have been if he would have just freaking stayed at Oklahoma State, man? Dude, he gave. I mean, us, it's not. He gave it's us his one. Fault. He gave us one yeah, of our two wins against OU since Gundy's been there. So I can't hate. Completely. No, I don't hate him. I just, I, I just wish he would not have made the mistake he made. And, and oh, he's kind of a dirtbag. He had to go. He's done it again, though. Even in the NFL. Really? Yeah. What? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure he got in some more. It, it was, I think he was being investigated for like child abuse. Like he may have like broke his kid's leg or something. No, my God. I could that's just be, awful. yeah, I could be throwing out like wild accusations, but I'm pretty sure he's not a great person. That's good. Nobody listens to this podcast. No. It's fun. He's not. He's not a great guy, though. Uh, but it just goes to show you, like, even with the NFL, they're like, this dude's too good. If this was some scrub, he'd probably be out of the league. But Tyreek Hill, they're like, no, you're, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, money talks, man. Gotta, gotta get those W's. Dude, Tampa Bay's, there's five minutes left in this game right now. Tampa Bay's about to score and go up, hopefully, 30 to 20 with five minutes left in the fourth, which means I'm going to hit on that parlay, baby. Win me some money. Dude, I am, I've got to be the most 
one of the most clueless humans on the planet when it comes to sports betting. I don't even know what a parlay means. So it's when you Is have that bad. No, yeah. Well, no, it's not bad. Not betting means you're not losing money, and that there's that's yeah. That's the part I can't take. Oh, I just can't do it. I a parlay. So if you you have to pick like multiple games, and every one of them have to hit. If any one of those games you lose, then the whole bet is off. But which each game you add to it, your odds go up. So your payout gets more because it's less likely yeah, yeah. for all those okay. things to happen. Um, but yeah, I started doing it because DraftKings and sports betting is legal in Colorado. So I was able to just do it on the apps now. And I just do the money lines. I hate doing the spreads. So I just do money lines where it's just straight up winner. doesn't matter how much they win by, whatever. Gotcha, yeah. Um, and I made like $3,000. I put 100 bucks into it. I made $3,000 in the first like six weeks of the NFL season. And I just cashed out. I was like, I'm done. Damn. Yeah, no, I would cash out. I would also cash out if I lost 100 bucks. You have to, that's the thing. You have to be willing to like, this is it. Right. But you're also, if you make small bets and you're not like actually trying to like make a living off sports betting, it can make games that you don't care at all about really fun and exciting. Yeah. See, I can almost get behind that more though, more so than like fantasy football. Cause I, fantasy football, I play a little and it's kind of fun. I, I get the fun part of it, but it's also kind of annoying how it it's kind of eroded like the team like going for a team or having a team it's like you don't really give a crap anymore you just want uh like your one player on that team even yeah. though it's on a team that you hate yeah. you just want him to win i know i always have like devonte adams or like aaron jones from green bay and so when they play the bears twice a year i'm like yeah i hope i hope we win like you know, I hope they I hope they put up like 80 points and we win somehow. But all those points are like Devontae Adams. I'm like cheering every time the Packers score. If it's a player on my fantasy team, I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> I should hate <laughs> I should hate this guy right now. It'd yeah, be like, exactly. it'd be like fantasy in college football, like rooting for an OU quarterback you have on your fantasy team well, when they're playing. That, will, that can never happen. Oklahoma State. If there's I mean, it depends on how much money's involved. No, I'm saying I don't wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I just wouldn't I wouldn't root for an Oklahoma quarterback. That was the other beauty of why I was so rooting against Cleveland because I hate Baker Mayfield. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Uh let's see. Two more things on sports that I want to talk. One, Deshaun Watson. I hope he gets traded. He's pissed off because they didn't uh, include any of the people he suggested for the GM or head coaching search. And so now he's trying to leverage his way out. And I want the Bears to trade everything that they have to to get him. They should have drafted him, and they blew it. And if they got him, that would be incredible. But I don't think they're going to trade him, and I don't think he's going to come to Chicago. So he's pissed because they didn't even interview any of the people? Yeah, I think one of them was the offensive coordinator at Kansas City. He was like, I, I want you to at least like consider him. And they went and hired some New England guy, which is exactly what they did with Bill O'Brien. They just poached a New England guy and he didn't work. And he traded away, you know, Hopkins, the best wide receiver in the league. So I'm sure Watson was. Yeah, pissed why did he do that? Dude, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I think I think Hopkins wanted more money and he had already had a new deal. And they were just like, we're not going to deal with this drama. And so Houston made the mistake of giving O'Brien the you know, head coaching and GM personnel 
power, which I yeah, always like think everything. is just, just unchecked power, which is terrible. So, i.e., our government. Yeah. So he, uh, I don't know. I hope he go. Oh God! If he went to the Bears, that'd be incredible. And James Harden got traded from Houston to the Nets, which the only yeah, reason so I bring this up he- is because I've I hate where the NBA's gone, anyways. But like this just makes it all the more unwatchable. There's no intrigue in all these like prima donnas who just build their own teams, like don't respect at all the struggle of gelling of working with young kids and new draft picks and you know whatever you're just like oh i'm not happy anymore get me off this team and now james harden kevin durant and kyrie irving in in brooklyn it's like dude nba sucks man it truly sucks i agree i cannot watch the nba i struggle with basketball of any kind but i've always hated the nba and the but college, so college is a little bit more entertaining for me if I'm going to watch it, which is damn near never. But um, I agree with that. I, I mean, I like so I listen or I'll hear like bits and pieces of all this stuff, and just the jumping around doesn't make any sense. Like I don't know why. I don't know why it bothers like it bothers me or you or people. But like, there's something to something really like romantic about staying with a team, like um, like Dirk did. You know, like. He's such a legend here, and everybody loves that dude. And it's just because he stayed, and he could have he could have made more money. I mean, when you hear that, like, oh well, he's they're going to restructure his contract, so he makes a little bit less because you know it's not like he's being super selfish. He's or selfless. I mean, he's still making millions of dollars, but he's not doing that. You know, he's checking his ego, or he's doing. He's not being that prima donna. Like that makes me want to see him have more success and. The fact that he's going to stay with the team, he's going to deal with it. Then he finally got a championship. Like I think that's the right way to do it. I don't know why that's right, but it just to me it feels right. Like it just seems like how it should be. I like I like when teams or when players are loyal to the teams. I don't mind when they move around. Like I don't mind when like Gary Payton and Carl Malone hopped on to the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq to try to win a ring. What they didn't do though is they didn't say, "Hey, I signed this contract with." the Utah jazz for Carl Malone. And then he's like, and I don't think I'm going to win with this team. So like, I want, I'm going to force a trade. Like I want, I'm not going to honor the contract that right. I signed. And I get it. Like, look, teams don't honor it either. Teams will trade a player right after they sign them with disregard that they don't care. And I mean, some, sometimes I think like a player or a situation can get so fractured where like you need to move on. But now like all the main stars just have this like ability to just pout and say like, oh, we're not winning here, so I want to go play with my buddies and like have this super stacked like pseudo all star team. And it's like, dude, that's stupid, man. That sucks. Yeah, and it makes the it makes the top of the NBA like two or three good teams, and everyone else is just like swimming in mediocrity because all the stars just want to go team up with each other. But whatever, the NBA died with Michael Jordan, so uh, yeah, Kobe, Kobe, was, Kobe was good too, but. All right, man. That's all I got with sports. Also, yeah. rest in peace. Yeah. So we've got um, the one last thing that. So, dude, have you realized? I, I have an employee that he's kind of telling me all this. Have you realized how giant baseball cards has gotten and basketball cards? Like it's come no. back completely. It was huge Including, when I was a kid. So it's come back like tenfold to include 
Pokemon cards. Nice. Like the dude is buying and selling Pokemon cards and other cards, and they're like they they can't find him anymore. Like he went to some store at six a.m. because that's when the drop off was supposed to be for like this these Prism blah 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 cards, professional sports cards, and um he was like twentieth in line. Oof. So he sent me this thing, and it's just a quick quick deal. I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty I'm pretty positive it's uh real but i didn't really look into it much so it's uh mickey mantle baseball card has broke the record it was sold one card 5.2 million dollars wow for one freaking card dude can you imagine i would i would poop myself and rub it in my hair who even sits on a card like that like who i wonder if they like stumbled upon it or if like it has just been going through different like brokers who sell these cards. Like, dude, that's insane. One piece of basically cardboard, $5.2 million. Well, yeah. So they were worth money. Then everybody's, you know, then they're, they put them away because they're thinking like, you know, if you collected them and then now all of a sudden it's come back. So you know what we need to wait for? We need to wait for ba- Beanie Babies to come back. Oh, the, uh-huh. McDonald's, the McDonald's got, Happy Meal. I got a bag full of those damn things, and I would make a lot of money, dude. I bet so. the I bet if someone had a complete set of like the ones you got in Happy Meals from McDonald's, I bet you could make a ton of money. I bet there's some weirdo '90s like pack rat with way too much disposable income that would spend a lot of money on that. Yeah, I need I need to like put it on the freaking ebay do you have the tags on them oh yeah of course oh nice they're framed i put them in i put them in metal boxes you framed a stuffed animal no no i didn't all right so that's all i had there so what's up what's up next what's what do we got this uh by the way this next segment is brought to you by our sponsor nothing and nobody because we don't have one but if because. you happen to uh, do some spring cleaning and come across Pokemon cards, you can send them our way. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. All right. I was uh, I was hanging out with the kiddos this weekend, and I was sitting on the couch. Well, my oldest daughter asked me. She's like, hey, Dad, do you want to watch, you know, whatever? Some WandaVision, I think. Have you heard about this Marvel show or whatever on Disney Plus? Uh, no. I don't know. I don't watch any of the Marvel the Marvel movies, but anyways, it's not something I wanted to watch. Wait, and so I was you just, don't watch any of them. I dude, I, None? I, it's not that like, I'm a, I watched the like first two Iron Man's maybe. What the I, hell is wrong with you? I don't have three hours to watch. 20, yes, there's like 22 movies. Yeah. Well, no, you don't have to watch them now. It's they've come out over the last 20 years. Um, I've just never had like a super big interest in it. I'm not against it. I'm sure I would enjoy them, but God. I've just never been like, hey, here's three hours. I want to go watch. Take your slick back matted hair and get the <laughs> hell out of here. <laughs> Dude, I was all I was an X-Men kid. So I was yeah, all same over here. The, I was all over the X-Men movies. As a matter of fact, we just watched the first one, X-Men One, yesterday with the kids. Did they like it? Gave them nightmares a little bit. But yeah. they loved it. Yeah. Steven came in last night, woke me up. Well so. done. You got to own anyway, that one. So you're watching One Division? Yeah, so it's not really something I wanted to watch anyways. And so I just sat there for like these two episodes just on my phone. 
And it, it like, it dawned on me because every time I ask the kids to hang out and do something or like anything, they'll be like, all right, fine. And then half the time, like, especially my oldest daughter who has a phone, will just sit there on her phone the whole time. And it like boils my blood where I'm just like, this is not yeah. like, we're just sitting in the same room right now. And like, we couldn't have any less like communication at all. And then as I'm sitting there and she's watching her show, I'm literally on my phone the entire time. And I was like, wow, I wonder where she gets it from. Uh, because every time I'm driving, like if I'm in the car and I'm not driving or going anywhere or doing something I don't want to do, I literally sit on my phone the whole time too. And I'm like, yeah, this is a bad, I'm setting a bad precedence here. And I don't really know. It's hard. It's hard because when I, I went to California last spring break and it was right when the, uh, the pandemic lockdowns were starting. And so the girls are really big on TikTok. And they were literally doing like a virtual TikTok class, like to learn a dance to do some TikTok. And, okay. and they were like, dad, you got to do it with us because if you do, we'll get way more likes because like parents who can't dance is hilarious. And so we probably yeah. spent, we probably spent like four hours trying to do this TikTok, but it was, <laughs> it was so fun, dude. Like it was a blast and I was terrible and it's stupid and I'll put it on Instagram but I was like, you know what? That was probably more quality time than so many yeah. other times where we're just sitting in a room watching something we don't want to watch. And like, we're all on our phones or devices anyways. And so I was like, how do you like balance the device things? Because some of it could actually be a form of quality time. And other times it's just like a wedge between you actually having any meaningful conversation or doing anything. So I don't know if you deal with that with the kiddos yet. I know mine are a little older, but. Uh, I mean, we haven't really dealt with a ton of it yet. So we do not allow. So neither one of them have cell phones because, I mean, like my daughter just turned eight. And so she's the oldest. And so they, I mean, they know like we don't allow them to be on TikTok. We don't allow them to look at it, you know, and it, only because like it's like Facebook or whatever. And then like YouTube, like my my daughter knows how to read. She can she can spell she can do all that so you just don't know what they're gonna like search on and then you know autocorrect or something that's something they just stumble upon it's not that i think like tiktok is evil or whatever i just know that there's also you know it's the internet i mean it's still the internet there's plenty of really good stuff about it there's also just really terrible stuff so if i'm not around it and i can't like help you know make sure and guard her and her mind then i don't really want her on it um but we still like we still try to limit TV time, screen time in general. Uh, they don't have iPads, they don't have phones, they don't have any of that stuff. So, um, but even with TV, we just like we limit it after like a couple hours, maybe maybe like two three shows. So maybe like an hour, hour and a half. It depends on how long the show is. Then we just make them go outside. Like at some point, we're like, all right, like. But you're right. I mean, there's times where you know they're on there, and I'm. It's just time for me to get on my laptop and you know work on this or do. Uh, you know, whatever I'm looking at my phone doing random crap. So I'll be like, you know, yelling at them. And then I look right back down my screen and, uh, do the same thing. So when I go outside, hey, usually at work, I try to get like, all right, when they go outside, I either leave the, I gotta leave the phone in the house. Like I, I try to do the same thing for me too. Cause hell, I don't need to be on this damn thing for that long. So uh, that that's what we've done so far. Um, what's going to get bad and interesting is video games because oh, yeah. we don't have video games yet. And I know Steven, like, I know how much video games I played 
And I do not want that for my children. We played so much Halo and Call of Duty in college. An insane amount of Halo, Rainbow Six Las Vegas, um, and first modern. Yeah, the first modern warfare. Oh man, it was just like endless. But that's the thing. It's like Renee was like, well, you know, we're not, they can't play. She hates that I played that many video games that drove her nuts. But when you talk about embracing it and like quality time, like, well, that was quality time for us. It could like be that way you. with your kids too. That's right. like if almost sitting there with them. Yeah. It's like almost finding that balance, not being like, I need to be on some sort of device at all times, but it sucks. Like what sucks right now for my girls is since California shut down, they have virtual school. So they have their own like computers right. and iPads. Like, and so everything they do is on this device. So they're like, which is great. I mean, they're incredibly like good at and computer and tech savvy, which I think will have its benefits down the road. But at the same time, it's like everything they have to do is focused around a device. Every time, you know, I want to do something, I'm on like the computer doing school, I'm on the computer, you know, even just doing this, or I'm on my phone, or it's like, I guess it starts, I don't know, I, I guess it starts with me, like, I have to be more conscious about how much I'm using it. And how much I'm using it right. in front of them so that that way, if I want to, because I, I don't like the thought of like telling my kids to do something while I just like blatantly do the opposite in their face, the opposite. like right in their face, the just, like, I- rub it in it. It's like, that's kind of, the, th- <laughs> the only time we do that is like with like chocolate. Cause like, <laughs> cause I, I love chocolate or cookies or something. And they're like, we'll make, we'll like bake cookies and it'll be right before bed. So, you know, they can't eat a ton of chocolate or sugar and go to bed. They're not going to go to sleep. Right. So they'll eat like one cookie each and then they'll look at me and I'll eat like nine. And they'll be like, well, what? Hold on. You just you said I can't have cookies before bed. I'm like, well, sometimes it just pays off to be the dad. So get your butts in bed. Yeah, but that's funny. You have to do that at a certain point because then they'll do it to their kids. Oh, it's yeah. like it's, it flows down. It's a rite of passage as parents to you know teach them teach them the way oh i can't i can't wait to reverse it too because like my my son's such a morning person he comes in and like slaps me in the face every morning and tells me to wake up he literally like pulls the clover goes off my freaking bed and stuff and i can't wait i've told him over and over like like, dude i'm gonna pile drive my freaking knee into your spine when you're 16 and all you want to do is sleep until like 10 I'm just going to come in. I'm going to set my alarm and come in at six and just rock your world. And he's like, what? I was like, no, don't worry about it. No big deal. (laughs) You'll have an aha moment. You'll learn. Yep. Yeah. When you brought up video games though. So my stepson, he loves the video games. And the biggest problem we have is when we, if there's like a behavioral issue or something happens, right? We will just like, we'll take it away. And if we take it away, he tends to like move on pretty quick. Like he's pretty resilient. Once we like, he knows that there's no chance. He doesn't have to like think about it. Like we tried other times where it's like, Hey, if you have good behavior, you'll earn more time. And if you have bad behavior, you know, we're going to take some away. And like, if there's any glimmer of hope for the game, he it's like all he thinks about, all he talks about. And it's like, Mm. so it's like, I don't like, we don't want to be the people. We're just like, anytime you look at me the wrong way, we just have to take video games away. And like, we're just like these, you know, like we just, you can never do anything fun. But at the same time, if he ever has a glimmer of hope, the level of obsession is like 
it's like too much sometimes. So it's like, I have, we have no idea right now. We're in a very, and part of it's probably the age as well, but like, how old is he? He's, he's eight. Okay. And you know, there's another aspect to it too, because when he goes obviously to his dad's, there's a different set of rules. And so then when he comes here, there's other rules and like, that's hard. That's gotta be hard for kids Yeah, that sucks. to have, you know, and, and not that, you know, there's anything wrong with what he's able to do with his dad. I mean, that's totally what, you know, up to his dad, but it's gotta be hard for kids to have those different rules. And then to like settle back in when you come to mom's house versus dad's. And like, we're just trying to like figure out, man, like what is the best way to do this? So we're not constantly just like, that's it. We're taking your games away. But at the same time, we're not just like allowing this festering obsession that like is like every other th- conversational you know everything he says it just like revolves around it it's just like dude you can't you can't you gotta stop i don't know i mean have you guys tried like maybe taking it away from like not letting it be part of his like punishment slash reward so just removing that and just like all right you get it every day but you get it for an hour like there's just a time limit and that's it because i know with like little kids and our our kids and every little kid and not that i'm a freaking expert or really know anything about this uh i I know that talking to um like our pediatrician and and different things is like consistency is key right with kids and trying to stay consistent so maybe i don't i think the age thing i definitely think that the laser focus is is kind of an age thing because because my daughter will do that too she's eight she'll she'll get so hyper focused on something and sometimes it's like bad like she'll get so hyper focused on like um like something she's not allowed to do or she, Hey, can I have, a, she wants her friend to come over and play today. No. And then she's just like, that's all she thinks about. She's still just like upset about it. Or even then like, yeah, your kid can't, or uh, yeah, your friend can come over tomorrow. And then, then it's a, again, it's just like all on that. Right. Um, so I don't know, man, I don't know if that's just an age thing or what, but have you guys tried where it's just, Hey, you get an hour a day and that's it. Is that, does that change any of it at all? Yeah. I'm maybe, I think, you know, I think my wife may have tried that. I think there's, I think what she, her concern at that point is that there might be, I don't know, they might think that uh, they can act a certain way or act out and like there isn't that punishment. If that's the one thing, like that's the crown jewel of things yeah, that yeah, you yeah. want to do and you're basically being told no matter how big of a D bag you are today, like that's still going to be there for you. Like that's setting a dangerous yeah. precedence too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I don't know. I mean, I think that maybe we that just have to wait it out. We do the same thing, right? Like we still do like take away stuff. And if we, if, you know, you know, if there's the one thing it's like, all right, like, I'm sorry, but I can't threaten it. I can only threaten it so many times. I got to do it too. Right. So it's like, right. All right, man. You just hit level ten on D bagness, so <laughs> I gotta take it, man. I don't know what else. It, like, I, I think too. One thing that's helped us that we, I try to do, especially with the screen stuff, and because they're like, "Why can't I have a phone? Why can't I do this?" You have a phone, like you, you're on your phone all the time, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, I am." But uh, shut up, kid. And then I, <laughs> it's like you know. But I, I think that uh, one thing I try to, t- I try to explain it. I don't know how much they're really gonna get it. But I try to help them understand, like, you know, look, I played a lot of video games. I did this. It's just not good for you at your age. As you get older, it's not as big a deal. And But you still have to learn, like, self-control. 
But right now, man, like you're, you're six years old, dude. You don't need to be sitting with a screen eight inches from your face. It's just not good for you. And like the pediatrician said the same thing. And it's funny, you know, you talked about like the COVID crap. Like we literally, like they started school and like two days later, it was Steven's checkup. And so we went in and, you know, just like his whatever yearly or whatever the crap that they call it. And so he asked me all these like questions. He's like, is he doing this, 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 and this, blah, blah, blah. And then he asked me, is he... He doesn't need more than two hours of screen time a day. Should not have his own iPad in his room. Shouldn't have this and this. And he's like, does he have any of that? I go, no. And he's like, well, he, and he limit screen time, including TV, no more than two hours a day. And I'm like, so what about the like nine hours about to have to put him in front of a laptop so he can be at school? Like, oh, that's that cool. Different. That's good. That's okay for the eyes, actually. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, you can't, you can't do anything about that right now. Yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. It just got me thinking. It got me definitely thinking about like, having a little more self-awareness with myself and how much screen time I have. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, things just, it's a kid thing and they grow out of it and I'm just being paranoid. Well, no. And I think you, you just got to constantly teach them and teach them. Like, I mean, they're going to learn like the self-control they're going to learn. They got to learn that stuff. Right. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, even if it was like, Hey, I want to play baseball every day. That's awesome that you're playing baseball outside every day, but dude, at some point you got to give your body a rest. You got to, you can't just do these things all the time. I mean, yeah, we prefer to be it outside. There's a lot of benefit to that, but they got to learn like, because at some point, dude, I mean, hell, they don't want to (laughs) be, I just don't want to be like me in college playing like nine hours of video games a day. There's nothing wrong with that. Dude, that was, there was everything wrong with that. Dude, that was awesome. (laughs) That was awesome. All right. It was fun, but it's just, you got to move on, right? You can't do that shit. All right. So speaking of COVID, uh, took, we talked about the COVID deal. So I think, I think we, you know, I, I freaking hate it, dude. I, I cannot, I cannot stand it. I hate the mask. I hate all the crap. I hate six feet away. Like, and then just all the illogical inconsistency. Oh, it's just terrible. So rather than just bitching and moaning about COVID, um, the bad stuff of COVID, you know, I, you, we kind of decided that we want to talk about the, let's talk about the good side of COVID. Like what, what good changes or what things have happened that may or may not stick. Um, and you know, I will say, and then you can back me up if I don't hit it up, if I don't hit, say something right, but I do, we, I understand. And I, I understand, I'm not saying when I say I'm tired of COVID, I don't, I know that it's a real, that it's a real uh, virus. I know people that have died from it. I know people that um, that it's not something that's taken that should be taken lightly. Uh, but I'm definitely ready for it to be over. Yeah, I think the biggest thing when we say like the good of COVID is not that like nothing good really has come of this at all. And I don't want to like make light of the um, you know terrible terrible impacts and it's ruined people's lives. And we don't want to make light of that. But there has been uh, ways that businesses and, and life has like how we've adapted that I think has like staying power beyond COVID. That's actually been good because of COVID. Like these things had to happen, but also I think you can realize like, Oh, these are, these are good things going forward, like in or out of a pandemic. And so I, I just, it had me thinking about it the other day because I've been trying to, if I ever order out food, I try to do it from like the local restaurants. Cause I know they're just getting smashed and so right. I try not to do, you know, a bunch of the chains and a bunch of that stuff. I try to, uh, to do local restaurants. And so the local 
barbecue place in town, which is awesome. Uh, you can have booze delivered now, which is yeah, fantastic. And I'm not talking <laughs> yeah. about like like they'll pick you up a six pack like in massive cups, and they just like put a little sticker over like the straw hole. That's that's <laughs> sealed, and they could just drive around town with this like with this like gallon of margaritas with a yeah. sticker over the seal. And I'm like, hey, if city wants like the cities want to allow it. I'm all about it. And like, I hope that thing stays because that's legit. Yeah, dude. So here in Texas, they actually, uh, our governor has, so we, they did the same thing. We actually had, uh, we, there's this place called me casino. It's a, it's a chain. Their food's all right. Actually, I think their food is way over overrated, but are overpriced, but they have these things called mambo taxis and they're just margaritas, but they have like a, it's like a, they're kind of margarita. It's a house margarita with like a swirl of something in it, but it tastes really good. But they're small. They're only like maybe 12 ounce glasses or or 10 ounce glasses, like something like that. But they are really strong. But you don't taste it. You just like you drink three and then you're you can't walk straight to the car. And you're like, whoa. Um, but they're they're great. So me and Renee, like we did that. We ordered one, we ordered uh Mikasin out, the kids loved it, and then we we watched a movie. This was during the actual like the two weeks we got shut down, and then we had the margaritas delivered to us. Like it was sweet. So that's pretty sweet. And then as it's gone on, Governor Abbott uh has actually come out and said, like, essentially, like, since nothing really ever nothing bad has happened from it, like they're probably just gonna keep the law. So they, t- they had to make a temporary one. They're probably just going to keep it. He's like, nothing really bad's happened. We'll just just keep it going. Dude, think about it. Think about how many people are less likely or like this is prevented from going and getting yeah. smashed off margaritas and then driving home. Right. Like this is like if everyone's like, hey, because that's probably the biggest thing, right? Before you're like, yeah, I want to order some Mexican food, but I'd really love to have like a margarita with it. And they're like, yeah, oh, let's, yeah. Just, let's just go. I eat Mexican right. food. So you're like, all right, well, let's just go to the restaurant and and sit down and then, you know then we'll go home now. I mean, that's definitely helps. Yeah. Let's order like three tips and then get like 16 margaritas. But that's, I mean, that's just one of the things that made me think about it. I don't know. It was what, what have you seen that has been. So I think, uh, you know, I I actually did, I looked at a couple of things, but I think, um, some of the other ones that's been really nice is, um, you know, one that can, we can kind of relate to a little bit. Um, is so dad spending more time with their kids. Yep. So I looked at it and I, and I kind of, me and a buddy were talking about it too. And he mentioned something and I think it kind of, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I want, I just kind of looked at some research on it because that sounds logical. It sounds like that's probably what would happen if nobody's going to work, you're going to have to spend time with your kids, but um, like you got to be around them all the time. But he, you know, I, so I kind of looked into it and it really does. It, there's a lot of different articles on it, but it's essentially just, uh, there's been on a, like a scientific American family.com or whatever the hell. So it essentially just talks about like some of the upsides. So kids are spending a ton more time with their dads and, or just parents in general. Um, when, you know, I, I thought like one of them was kind of, kind of crazy, but it has like one, one little, um, statistic like right at the top, which was kind of crazy. Uh, but it did talk about like all the good behind it, the the really good things that it said. Um, 40% of the workplace of the most Americans can't afford 12 weeks unpaid. Let me see if I can find it quickly. Oh, here it is. So it said in a survey from 
Promundo and Dove Men Plus Care, 85% of men across seven countries said they would do anything to be more involved at home after having a child, but they can't lose their jobs, right? So there's that weird, like, you know, the thing with the mom and, and mom can't go to work and she's, cause she's going to have children and she's going to raise her children. But there's, there isn't also a kind of an unspoken world of like, if you do want to be a good father, you do want to be involved. You do want to be there, but realistically you can't, you, you know, you got to work and you got to, most of the time you got to, you're going to be the breadwinner or you're at least going to be the breadwinner while your wife is having children. Now she may go back to a sweet ass job and make a bunch of money later, but you know, normally there's some, some kind of maternity leave that she's going to take. There's going to be some time off, whatever. Um, but I think now with COVID you, you, you're going to get these kids and, and then man, there's tons and tons of articles that talk about the benefit of having your child, your, your dad around, right? like the crazy, crazy stats of like less likely to have teen pregnancy, like IQs are higher, like all these ridiculous things that um, are, you know, I don't want to say just common knowledge, but I've seen a ton of them. I don't know. Have you seen those numbers before or am I just the only dude? No, no, I've definitely heard of that. Like, I think that sentiment is definitely widespread when people are talking about like the nuclear family and the importance of the nuclear family of of having two present parents. Uh, I think there's so much pressure at work for moms and dads to advance their careers or whatever that they just are like, well, what family would we have if I didn't have this job or if I couldn't support them? So like, it's, it's nothing like that, that they want, but at the same time, the pressures of our society and having to work and advance yourself. And it's always like, you know, more, more, more. Yeah. Unfortunately, the kids can get left behind sometimes without you even knowing. And, you know, this is certainly something where, you know, I roll right into one of the things, which was like kind of a proof of concept with the teleworking. I think so many places are now able to see that they can do work remotely. And I'm sure there's no doubt it is not as efficient as being in person, but if it, if it's doable and there's not really much of a drop off. I think even at, at least there could be hybrid situations where, hey, I can telework two days a week instead of, you know, going to the office five. Or even like, you know, I come into the office two days a week and I telework three. And that presence of you at the house like could be just really valuable. So I, I mean, I hope that there's more opportunities for that. And I hope that uh, you know, it continues that way. Not with school, however, but <laughs> <laughs> get these kids out of the house <laughs> i'm so glad we get to be home more with the children but let's stop it immediately <laughs> i don't need them here the whole time though yeah good god i mean give them like a couple hours so i think yeah no and i disagree with you on the fact that it's more productive with them at work i think in certain fields absolutely sales things that have to be face-to-face different different situations but i got a guy a neighbor a couple down this couple houses down and he he's not going back so they are like computer programming or something like it's very like you literally go to work to sit in a cubicle with no one around you anyway and you work on your computer it's like it's amazing to think it took this long for some companies to be like you guys are just going into you're leaving your room it's kind of like california's restaurant laws right now right so you're going you're leaving your room where your computer is to put your computer in a different tinier room in a different building to do your job. Yeah. 
It's like they built these, like, they built these restaurants like seating outside and then it's cold. So they put tents yeah. up, they close it in and then they have it heated. And they're like, so you can't eat inside the restaurant, but you can eat in the outside restaurant that's now inside. Yes, exactly. So they're like now he, his, so his company was like in the middle, they were in, he was working at overflow building. Now he's going to, um, they're like in the, right before the COVID stuff, uh, hit they're in the talks of like buying this multi-million dollar building because they got to expand right well now they cut that and now they're going to sell their main building and he's just not going back oh, dude you're overhead been just productive, if not more productive and their people aren't coming home he's like so that that you know and i think that is what kind of gets me to the next thing that i saw and it is on insider.com and i man it took me a minute because i thought i'd made it up for a second but now you've got businesses <laughs> and i'm happy that it's real so you do have businesses that are like adapting to this, right? So here in the United States, especially, but all over the world, but here in the United States, dude, it's always been adapt or die, right? You have to, that's what makes, that's part of what makes businesses, running a business successfully for a year is, is hard, but running it for 10 years or 20 years successfully is is very, very difficult, right? So, and part of that's because you have to, you have to adapt. So now you're starting to see like Las Vegas is running all these ads now and they're running these these programs where it's called uh, work from Vegas. And so they're out, they're outfitting their rooms so that you can just work from Vegas because you don't have to be, nothing's tying you. Like if you can remote work from remotely, there's nothing tying you to a certain city anymore, right? Which you, I think we'll get into here in a minute. But like, so then there's other, so if you go to insider.com, there are all in, all inclusive resorts now that are making packages so that you can live there for like two weeks a month even they're restructuring the pricing restructuring everything it's still an all-inclusive resort but now you can work from there that's sick and so that's that's i don't know man it's just stuff that it's kind of cool to see like what's possible now that's kind of open your eyes of like well hell if i don't have to be if i don't have to commute to work every day i don't have to drive to dallas well then, why the hell do I even live here anymore? Right, unless you unless your you know family's there or you just love the area, it's a lot more well, flexible yeah, sure. for people to say, okay, I can work at this company out of Dallas and I can go live in wherever. I can go live in Chicago. Yeah, I can go live in you know. Oh no. Yeah, my parents are can't wait to get out of there. Uh, but yeah, you can like so down here, like where I live, right? So Fort Worth, it's great. I love Fort Worth. It's 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 my city. I own it. Um, Jeez. but <laughs> such a douche. you know, we don't have mountains. Like we don't have the ocean. We don't have mountains. So it's like, and then you meet people all the time who they work their whole life and they have these, re- these retirement dreams of buying a cabin, return, retiring to the mountains. I talked to a customer, we were in a, we we're in an appointment and she told us that like they, she'd always want to live in the mountains. She'd always want to live in the mountains, but she worked here and her job was here is a good job. So her family, you know, that's where the roots were. But now that she retired, she's going to go and move. She bought a house, her and her boyfriend or whoever, her significant other, I guess, is going to the mountains. They bought this cabin. They're going to go live there. So it's like, now you don't have to wait till you retire. If you want to, if you've been dreaming of working or living in the beach, like now you can do it when you're 35 right. because you can work from home, you know? So yeah, no, it'd be awesome. The last one I put it on the bottom here is like there was this there's a stigma that like if you're if you're sick, you just have to suck it up and you gotta power through. And you gotta just be a trooper. I think like one of the benefits of COVID is gonna have 
in the future, people staying at home when they're sick. And when people stay at home when they're sick, things like the common cold and the flu will not spread as much. Like all the sanitary things, people washing their hands. I mean, hopefully those kind of basic hygiene aspects of this don't go away on a personal level. But I think there's also going to be a stigma for at least a quite a long time. If you come into work with a runny nose, coughing and sneezing, people are going to be like, get the hell out of here. And if yeah, people so, stay home, man, that's going to – kids from school, like all of that stuff. If you're more cognizant of like, hey, I'm sick, let me just recoup for a day or two. And then we don't have these massive cold outbreaks and the flu. And like I think that will be nice actually. So I think it's – and it's funny. When you put that on there, I didn't exactly know what you meant. And I, as an employer, I, I thought of something like polar opposite of that. So – but still a good thing. Uh, but from my point of view, which is – Now, like I've always said, like, I don't want you to, if you're running a fever, whatever, like stay home. I don't have a big office. We're all next to each other all the time. I don't want my entire office getting sick at the same time. And I got nobody to work. Right. But now when you go home, I know you can work from home unless you're just like really sick, like, you know, stomach virus sick. But if you got a cold, I better see your ass log in on that computer. Uh, that's actually a really good point because now it's like, hey, I don't want you coming in here and getting us sick, but you better not like everything. Work, but I know done. you can work. Carry on <laughs> at home. Yeah. You've got to answer your emails. Like we know, we know it works now. So there isn't no like, well, I didn't know how to log in anymore. And I didn't know for sure how to do this or that. It's like, no, 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 My no, Wi-Fi no. went out. Yeah. We figured all this out a long time ago, my friend. Yeah, no, that's uh, a great so point. The last thing. I do think one thing that, and this is probably the most encouraging, um, I think a lot of people have started like actually hanging out with their neighbors, especially during quarantine, dude. We, I mean, here in Texas, because we're better than everybody else and smarter than everybody else, we've only been shut down for like two weeks. So, but man, even during that time, we were like, there were, especially when you're not going to work or whatever, man, you're outside all day. And we were, we hung out with neighbors and met people that we hadn't talked to or ever met. And it turns out they have kids our age, our kids' ages and stuff. So I think that was part of it. But then also uh, just outdoor hobbies in general, dude. I mean, the freaking trails, we were we love hiking. We've been hiking. So we went to the same spot, same time. And all of a sudden, there's like, you know, 1,500 people there. Like, oh, yeah. you can't find a parking spot. I mean, and as annoying as that is as for someone like, for you know, for me personally, because now it's a crammed trail, it's still cool. Like I'm excited because I like getting people out. I like inviting people out to get their kids out. Are you one so of that those, was awesome. Are you one of those people? There's like, there's a lot of people here in Colorado who are pissed because they're like, you know, mountain bikers or they, they hike all the time. And then the trails were just packed and they were just like those grumpy old, like, what are all these people doing here? I'm the one that's always yeah. hiking these trails. Now all of a sudden all these people are like trying to be healthy because they're locked in their house and like, that's not no, fair. I could, I could see how it's annoying if you were a biker and you have a, cause now you can't even like, you have to stop constantly because people don't know the rules or getting out of the way or whatever. But as a hiker, like I always, I, I love getting people like families out. Cause you know, there's not a lot, there's, there's a lot of trails. You just kind of, kind of find them here around, around our city. And so I love getting them out and like having them where they're like, yeah, where they're like, uh, my kids and my, my, uh, you know, we've never been out. So I know that's not me. I, it doesn't make me grumpy. It's annoying at times, but it like when you can't find a parking spot, but other than that, like I'm, I'm glad that people get to get out and, 
I just, I'd rather them do that than walking around. And when you're out in the woods, you can't walk with your cell phone because you're going to hit a tree. So you're, you're, you're freaking cell phones in your pocket oh, and oh. you get to walk around. People can, and it's usually on funny videos of them getting smoke checked by a biker <laughs> because they're sitting there with their phone in their face. So I need at least a few people to do it so I can make fun of them on like epic fails. Yeah, that's true. So I think the last thing I will say real quick that I thought was amazing is uh, the hobbies. So uh, we were up in Tahoe in in, uh, uh, in October and we, me and my wife took a fly fishing guide, guided trip for like half a day. So went out with him and he was telling us that, dude, the amount of like fishing gear that they have sold because people are just coming in like crazy. They don't, they don't have anything else to do, especially in California where you're not allowed to really do anything else. Um, you know, you, he said that they've had, they usually make one order a year that lasts them for all their like inventory and that lasts all year. And he said that at that time, so this was October, they usually make the order in like June or for like the spring summer season, or maybe it's March, March would make more sense. And so he's had to do that same order five times. That's awesome. It is. It's cool. So, I mean, I definitely think there's some good stuff, man. So that's, that's encouraging, I guess. Yeah, hopefully it sticks. We'll see. I'm sure like some people will drop off when things go back to normal. But yeah, I definitely think a lot more people have found um, kind of open their eyes to like what, you know, camping and fishing and hunting yeah. and like just doing yeah. doing more outdoor stuff. And you're like, wow, this is like in a lot of times it's it's a cheaper way to like kind of vacation or to do things with your family. It's not always like around where do we have to spend money and like what attraction do we have to go do? And yeah, there's definitely uh, there's definitely something to it. But. Okay, so um, I want to talk. Uh, it's time for my my favorite time of the show. Steven's when I get to, ADD corner. Yeah, when I get to pick some random-ass crap that I want to talk about. And um, this one in particular is delightful. So we uh, it's called EDC, okay? So this is a little bit of EDC talk today. And... Do you know, sir, and you might know because this is a little bit more prevalent in the in the uh, the military world, military people world, but um, also known as veterans. That's just a dude. I never heard of it reason. until you you mentioned it last week, and I didn't want to look. Really? I didn't want to look it up really because I just wanted to see what you had to say, and then I'd go back and figure out how much you lied about. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna make most of this up. So we. EDC is everyday carry. Okay. So it's, it's just stuff that you carry on you every day. So some of it's like, you know, pretty, what the hell? I hate that acronym. That sounds so dumb. Everyday carry. Yeah. What's your, Why? what's your EDC, bro? What's your, oh yeah, carry, no, that, that, that's a real question. That is just... like, what's your EDC, bro? Like I watch, so there are YouTube, there's a YouTube, there's multiple YouTube channels, but one in particular, probably the best one and the biggest one. It's called Best Damn EDC, and they they have what's called like they have pocket dumps. Like he'll interview people and be like, "What's got what you got in your pockets, bro?" And they like empty out their pockets. And dude, it's just, it is absolutely insane what people carry on them every day. Now, most of it makes sense, and it's the normal crap all of us carry for the most part. But then you get into flashlights, you get into multi tools things called pry bars, like metal pieces of just random ass metal, like really, really fancy bottle openers. Um, it's, it's, it's insane. I'm telling you. So I started getting this like world like two years ago 
Thankfully, I got out without spending too much money because good God, it is, there are like these little small mom and pop shops and stuff and they'll make a little pry bar that like, it's also a bottle opener and it's other, it's a, there's one, there's a company brand called Griffin and it's just, but they'll make them out of, you know, you can get some pretty inexpensive ones. They make them all different sizes and it's also, some of them are made of cop, cop excuse me, copper, brass, freaking titanium. And you're spending like 120 bucks for like the tiniest thing. What's the logic behind a pry bar? Like, why do you need so, that in your pocket? I, that's so, the, the, I don't think you're allowed to ask those questions about EDC. I don't think you're supposed to ask why. I think you're just supposed to have it in your pocket. Okay. I'm just cool. supposed to be like, assume that like, that's, that's cool. And sometime in an emergency, it'll be necessary. And you'll be like, yeah. see, yeah, I'm the one with the pry bar in my yeah. pocket. And I always save the day. One time that you needed to like open something weird and you couldn't pry it open. So you had some guy had a pry bar, a two inch pry bar. Um, so, well, so the pry bar thing, it's always like, it's part of it. So one side's like slanted and it, so that it's the actual pry part, but then the other end of it would be like a bottle opener. And then that one actually has a hole in it, like a little slot. So you can undo like screws, like different size sizes of like little screws, I guess. So it's, I don't know. I, I got one actually. <laughs> so I bought it and, um, I never used it. Sure. It, it was all in my pocket. Jeez. I was like, I'm going to see, I don't really see why this would ever work. And then I never used it. What's well, a pry bar? Yeah. Why would you? In case you wanted to drink a beer while you're trying I don't to know. break into someone's house and unscrew a hinge. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. There's all kinds of weird stuff, man. Something, sometimes you just need to unscrew right, so a I, screw. I, uh, if I go down, like, if I go on Etsy, I'll go down rabbit holes of like stupid little tools like that. And, uh, yeah, but I've so never it's bought- that stuff, dude. Some of it's cool. There's like wallet ones, right? Like the multi-tools, like literally in like a card yep. form that you can fit in your wallet. And those mm-hmm. are pretty legit. Yep. I used yep. to have, when I first went through, I did a course here at Lake George in Colorado. And part of it was covert entry where a dude like taught us how to pick locks. And I had this little yeah. like travel lock pick thing. And it was all like would slide over on a key ring. I used to carry that around and just like randomly try to like unlock doors when... I was like, this is such a cool skill for like random one to learn. But uh, that was probably like the yeah, craziest that's, that's thing. That's something we're going to talk about later. That's probably the craziest thing I've ever like carried regularly at any time. So like the one that I did. So what do you carry with you every day? Like either so, in your pockets uh, or whatever. It used to just be my keys and my phone because my old phone was smaller. And I had like one of those pop socket wallets on the back because I hate I can't do I, every time I try to do a wallet, I get like a George. It turns into a George Costanza wallet. It's like a phone book thick, and like as soon as I have the, the ability to carry all that stuff, I think I need all of it. So I had like a, a little phone wallet where I fit like three cards. It was like my license and like my debit card and like a credit card, and that was it. But now I got a new phone that's too big, so I just have my phone, my usually my car keys, and my wallet. That's it. So no knife? No, not usually. I have a sweet knife coming that I'll show you when it gets here. If the post office could get its head out of its ass and deliver something within six weeks of it being sent out. And I will carry that one. Okay. So uh, I've always been pocket. I've always been pocket knife guy. I've had a pocket knife in my pants for like the last 20 years. I don't know, 15 years of my life. Um, So then... 
so I think what I carry every day is um, I've got my knife on me, which is it. I have a lot of knives. I like knives. So I think one thing that this this world kind of um, attracts is the the hobby or the collector. So people who collect watches or knives or whatever, like they kind of fit into this because a lot of a lot of those dudes are kind of in the same world. Um, so except they put beads on everything. I don't really know why I haven't figured out the bead thing yet. Um, I've got, yeah, beads. So like Ranger, you talking about like Ranger beads, the, like where you can, it's not, isn't that a way to like track? No. Oh, beads. Yeah. That, yeah. Like that's for land nav, but this is just decorative like beads, like they're, they're, they're bedab- all like different kinds. Oh, well that's, that's silly. So <laughs> we've got, uh, so yeah, so I carry that. I carry a pocket knife. I carry um, my wallet on me, and then there's keys, and then I've got my phone, and then I've got one that I I got a pen. So I carry a pen with me almost every day. Um, I also have a wallet. My wallet is awesome, dude. It's called. You should get. You got to go to Dango Products, D A N G O, and um, I got like a Pioneer one. It's a bifold, and because I had the same problem, I wanted like a. Um, like a minimalist wallet. Well, they have some that are like metal and they're really cool looking. And so I got one. The only problem with it was because it's metal, it's supposed to be a front pocket wallet. And I don't, I can't do that. Cause I'm, I think cause of, I have a penis, but um, also because I, t- uh, <laughs> I mean, I too have a penis, my front pockets work. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You're I don't know. At. I feel so weird. I feel like I'm, I don't know. I feel like that just feels so Demasculate. Do you put your phone in your back pocket? No, because I would sit on it, and that doesn't make any sense. So where does it go? In my front pocket. Well, it's not like nothing can go in my front pocket. I just say my wallet. I don't know why. That just feels so (laughs) feminine when I'm throwing my pocket. Oh my wallet in my front pocket. I don't know why. It's weird. I know. It's I don't. It's just a me thing. That's me. It's my problem. So I've got. yeah, man. So when I put it in my back pocket, it just ate a hole through my freaking jeans. It's like, I'm like, well, so I found this one. It's the same product, same company, but it's it's like all leather. Dude, it's awesome. And it's got a little slot in the back, like on the spine of it, where you can put a, like if you have a tiny little pin, which I found, thanks to EDC, uh, I put it in there. And now I have, a, so I have a pin on me. And then the one that I never thought I would ever have is the flashlight. I have a, cause I have a flashlight on my phone. So I kind of thought I'm like, man, this is stupid, but I got the flashlight because like I camp or hike or whatever. It, it still, it still made sense to have a flashlight. I just never thought I would carry it with me every day. And I carry it with me almost every day. And it's, it's not a huge flashlight. It's only like, it's probably about three inches long, uh, maybe about an inch in diameter, maybe. Uh, but dude, the thing goes up to like, and the, the there it's made by Olight. And if you don't know what Olight is, like, it's what I have on my handguns. They have some sweet flashlights, dude, like keychain flashlights. They have, uh, all kinds of flashlights, different sizes, but dude, the, the technology is so insane now. Does yours, is it surefire batteries or is it like double A or triple? No. So it's, it's rechargeable. Oh, that's sick. Dude. And it, it it's magnetic. So the bottom of it. So the buttons on the side, not like the tactical one. They have one that's like technical. The one I've got now is an SR2 something Olight. And so it's a le- it goes up to 1,100 lumens. It'll do like the flashy one, the strobe. 
And then it'll also do uh, like candle. So you can hold it. If you hold it down, it turns it on and it's like one candle. Like it's nothing. So you're not going to like wake your my wife up while I'm trying to, I don't know, put on underwear because I got in bed after her. I have no idea. So the, but man, it's, I've been very surprised at how convenient it is having a flashlight on me. There's been so many random times like at work or whatever I'm trying to like find something I can't see. It's too dark. Something falls under the damn desk or something. I don't know. And I either don't have my phone on me or I don't know. You're trying to talk on your phone and you can't find something. It's just, it's been, that's been the one surprising bright spot. Huh? 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 Uh, but yeah, no, I've, I've like pins make sense, all that stuff. But the, the flashlight's kind of been the biggest one, dude. But man, when I talk about money, there's a, in the pocket knife world, there's a guy named Chris Reeves. And he makes a bunch of knives that are really popular, especially in the everyday carry world. That these those are like a big, big gym. But dude, these 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 are like seven hundred fifty dollar pocket knives. God dang! Yeah, seven fifty or a thousand for a pocket knife. And how I'm, do you justify like, that? Is that pure like name? Like that dude's just like the top of these pocket yeah. knives, or is it like is it's materials quality difference? No, no. There's I mean there are very 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 nice made knives. And then and they're it's just the designs like the they're really I won't lie I mean I looked at one I was like wow that's a badass looking it's just a simple design just but it looks clean it looks nice the the materials all inside is supposed to be really nice but yeah it was like a thousand bucks I was like oh I need my brother never so mind my brother in law he's a green beret and he makes his own knives and these knives are sick he gave me I've got like two from him one was like a wedding gift. And, uh, yeah, another one was, I think I can't remember what it was, but I need to get him to start making like pocket knives. Cause I'm telling you, his knives are insane and they're so sharp and like, he just does awesome work. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a difference in quality if you buy a nice knife, but man, $700 for a pocket knife. Like I could never justify that. No, I have like a couple $150 knives. Um, that were a big deal. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that I spent that much money on a pocket knife, but it, I mean, the blade quality, the blade material, all that stuff, the, the type of metal it is, that stuff does make a difference. It hold the knife will hold an edge a lot longer. So when you do sharpen it again, like you're not, it's not noticeably dull, you know, after like three times of using it to cut open a, a cardboard box or something just simple. So it def- I've definitely noticed that stuff. It doesn't, they usually don't rust uh, nearly as easily because the different metals are a lot more corrosion resistant. So there's some of that in there, like Benchmade knives, man. Benchmade makes some great knives and they have some really, um, that are like, you know, 150 to 200 bucks that are really, really good yeah, knives, quality. really good metal. But, you know, a thousand bucks, dude, I couldn't get there. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm going to have to have my, I'm going to have to have my brother in law on to talk about, how he makes i'll have to send you the link of his stuff his knives are freaking sweet dude yeah i've looked into it I've, have you ever seen the movie like the oh there's a show there's a there's a rea- like a reality show of like yeah Beyond i love the Forge that show. Or forging yeah dude they yes. take like random the random yes. object they're like make a knife out of this like chair leg and they're like all right cool and they're yes and oh, they're dude, it's so cool it. so guys like that man that's awesome that's awesome that he can make knives like that all right cool man edc bro yeah EDC talk, man. Let's see what you got in your pockets, bro. Is that all you got? Well, that's it, buddy. That's all I got. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening this week. Um, 
I have no idea what we're going to talk about next week. We're never prepared for that question. So uh, you'll have to, I'm going to leave you in suspense. You're going to have to come back and find out. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, hopefully we uh, talk to you next week. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think. Find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.